0: Are you thinking about buying a franchise? How about buying an existing business for sale? Unsure where to start? This is Patrick Fedaro, co-founder at Vetted Biz. To date, we've advised hundreds of clients to invest in a franchise or business for sale in the United States. We'll be sharing best practices as long as with our guests, top franchisors, attorneys, and accountants to help you find, vet, and buy a business or franchise for your, you and your family's financial success. Stay tuned for this following podcast and follow our series if you're interested in learning more about exciting business opportunities and best practices to find, vet, and buy a business or franchise for sale.
1: I'm a young baby boomer. Uh, of course, Kevin is the younger generation, but uh, with with the 77 7 million baby boomer, we know that there's uh, 10,000 Americans that are turning... 65 years old since 2011, so right now it's 2021. So there are about 10,000 Americans turning 75 every day. So if you're going to take a look at the long-term care market, which includes the assisted living facilities, skilled nursing facilities, and home health care, so the value of the industry is to 443 billion 2019, right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. And uh, 20, 2027 it's going to grow to $751 billion. So there's going to be an increment of $308 billion over a period of eight years. So it's going to be not only an attractive industry, but it's a sustainable industry. And I know Kevin can support it between now and 10 to 20 more years.
2: Right, Kevin? Yeah. Um, I think, one, that's the defining generation for this industry, which is the baby boomers. You know, when when everyone was coming back from the war, uh, we saw an explosion of birth of roughly like 4 million every year from like the ni- the middle of 1940s to the uh, middle of 1960s. Um, and they move every industry from when they were toddlers, they moved the the baby industry when they were in their adolescence. We saw jeans and disco exploding. And now they're in their senior age. And we're starting to see the senior care industry really explode. Um, and as Randy mentioned, they're only 65. That's actually relatively young. They're still getting older. So, you know, I like to say that this market, it, it, while it might be competitive, it's not saturated. There's a lot of seniors that need home care.
0: And, like, what would happen in the past? So you have the market that's growing bigger than our, with Americans moving around, chasing opportunities, or are the children not caring as much for their parents and relying on, on other caregivers?
2: Well, <laughs> we, we see that a lot of um, seniors, they can move to assisted living centers, Um, But a a lot of seniors want to live at home, and that's something that um, our service provides by providing a caregiver uh, to take care of their loved ones at the comfort of their own home. You wanted to add to that, Randy? Yeah. The the statistics we show, Patrick, also to your question, that about an average of 280
1: miles is the distance of family members who are away from their, their parents' Uh, I, I, I mentioned to you earlier, my mother-in-law is, Miami, is in Miami. We're here, 3,000 miles away. So it's a challenge, and she has her own private caregiver. So that's a mm-hmm. real challenge, and more and more seniors are living longer, Patrick, but they're at health risk, meaning uh, men, Kevin mentioned that they want to be staying in the comforts of their home, but they cannot if they don't perform activities of their daily living, they either go to a nursing home or hire a private caregiver. So we have clients who are already 107-year-old, Patrick, so they can't be by themselves.
2: Yeah, it can be difficult. I think it's like they were, they're were referred to as a sandwich generation, you know, not only do they have to be a family caregiver, taking care of their, their parents, but they have their own children as well, and they have full-time it. jobs. so it's hard juggling all that. And for someone that might
0: be interested in, in taking advantage of this opportunity and shift in, in demographics, like, do they already need to have professional experience? Do they need to be a nurse or, you know, what, what kind of experience do they need? And...
1: Um, a lot of our existing franchisees right now do not have healthcare experience because One Heart is a non-medical home care service company. So we don't need uh, to have somebody who has got some healthcare experience, uh, not even a nurse, because it's it's more like uh, a a non-regulated industry that it only entails companionship, medical appointments, and assistance in meal preparation, a little of the light light housekeeping. So it's more like a a companionship and a simpler, you know, uh, day to day assistance
2: to the seniors. Yeah, well, while having medical background might be helpful. It's not absolutely necessary. In fact, I think, Randy, um, our top franchisee performers didn't have any home care no. or medical experience at all.
1: But, yeah. but I'd like to add to that, Kevin, because our group itself has a combined 90 years of healthcare experience. So meaning if there's a need to understand a little of the pathophysiology of the disease, a little of the care for uh, dementia or mild cognitive impairments. So we are the guys that knows about it and we can coach them. And them on you. Yes.
0: Uh, can obviously them. That, that'd be one of the benefits for opening a, a franchise, particularly with one heart, as opposed to, uh, to just opening up your own uh, caregiver service. But would love to just hear from you two benefits from someone doing their own, lo- their own type of business that doesn't have that franchise brand. Um, and systems versus um, going with a franchise like One Heart.
1: For the past 14 years, I've seen also that there are mom and pop home care companies. get yeah, Right, we have studied that, and we have seen a large number of home care companies fall out, meaning getting off the wagon because the industry is more and more getting professionalized and. The market is brand-driven. Whatever industry you are right now, Patrick, whether it's a restaurant, service, uh, clothes, it's it's brand-driven. The market is brand-driven. More so, the hospitals and the senior living communities would really ask you, if you're Mr. Randolph Home Care or Mr. Kevin Home Care, who are you in, in the field of healthcare. So it So it, it allows a question of credibility and authority whether you're going to be good. You know, the the brand is is very important. The brand name One Heart itself speaks of the heart that that we provide care for the seniors.
2: Yeah, and you have to bear in mind that families, they don't think about home care every day until they really need it. You know, uh, when their father can no longer remember their name, their own uh, children's name, or their mom can no longer walk, that's when they start scrambling for help and looking, you know, what what kind of help do I need to get? And they don't want to... They usually don't want to go with a mom and pop. They want to go with an established, credible business that has a lot of experience and success in taking care of these uh, this vulnerable population. Yeah,
0: yeah. imagine the sales process in terms of acquiring new clients is going to be a lot easier, as well as potentially marketing, getting those leads if you're yeah. going to go with the franchise route.
2: Yeah, we, we don't do the bare minimum. We, we uphold the standard. Um, the nice thing about it is that most, uh, especially here in California, the legislature is following that, imposing more and more requirements, you know, are you doing criminal background checks? Are are your caregivers, your employees? And the nice thing about it is when that was all starting out, One Heart was already upholding all those standards. So we were able to, you know, glide along easily and the other mom and pops were struggling. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of them closed down.
0: And I imagine like being based in California, where it's generally harder restrictions than some of the adjacent states like Arizona, Nevada, Uh, it's a little easier when you then go and help help franchisees open in some of these other states, right?
2: Yeah. You'd be surprised actually before 2016. It was like the wild, wild west here. There was no home care law. Um, But since then, there's been a series of um, assembly bills and laws that were passed that really regulated the home care industry here in California. Um, But the nice thing about it was that we were able to, like I said, um, uphold the standards and the franchisees we had then, um, we're able to get their license right away. Okay. And what difference differentiates you
0: guys from other senior care franchises? Last count, I think there are over 10 senior care franchises of all different sizes, some that have just yeah. two locations, some that have 400 plus locations. We'd just love to see how you guys differentiate and why franchisees go with you guys instead of some of your other franchise or competitors.
1: Even before we started franchising, Kevin mentioned that it uh, somehow is. we, we were prepared. Uh, 2011, I was the co-founder also of Caregiver, One Heart Caregiver University. So even that period, 2011, without even the legislature getting in the industry, we have trained more than 3,000 caregivers. And today, we even train some of the competition's caregivers. So it's, it's so good to take part in professionalizing the industry. The reason being is we don't handle products. We handle human lives. Sure. So it's very important on, on the wellness side and at the same time, the, uh, the continuing education. So with, with my 39 years in healthcare, I've seen, Patrick, that our healthcare industry is defective. It focuses on illness, one heart over the years focuses on wellness. It's great. Hence, we've done some brain health education seminars, aerobics brain exercises, fall prevention. Kevin schedules all the wellness activities and programs. Something that not an ordinary home care company or even the big ones are doing. So
0: yeah, preventative care and ongoing maintenance, so you're not having huge issues. It's it's phenomenal. Uh, result that the
1: seniors are really able to experience cognitive stimulation during our wellness programs.
0: People are living well in their 80s, 90s. Where probably when you first started out in healthcare, they weren't having as, as many cognitive issues because people didn't live now, that long. No, no, now it's there's a real increase in cognitive disorder, especially with the
1: COVID pandemic. So they're locked down. They're into solidarity. They're, they're into uh, solo uh, by themselves. Yeah. So it's it's great that One Heart uh, participates and contributes to the wellness programs of uh, the senior communities.
2: E- even before we were franchising, you know, we, we would ask ourselves, why franchise when there's already a lot of home care franchises out there? And the answer was, we were beating them. So if we can yeah. beat them, we can teach others how to beat them. Um, you know, I, for me, I'm in operations, I'm not in franchise sales. So I'd rather, instead of having 500 franchisees who are mediocre, I'd rather have 50 very good franchisees. So. And um, that's one of the reasons why we're, you know, right now focused on California on the West region of the United States is because we want to make sure that the franchisees are following the one heart system, that they're doing it our way and they're maintaining the quality care that we provide out there.
0: Yeah. So you talked a, a little bit about the key services that you provide franchisees. I'd be curious, what, what exactly, you know, is the franchisee doing day to day in the operations? Um, you alluded to light you know, being being by the side of the patient, helping with medical appointment scheduling, but we'd love to just hear maybe from Kevin, you know, what's the day-to-day operations look like for a franchisee?
2: Uh, sure. So there's essentially two functions that a franchise owner would um, have to fulfill, you know, either they do it with a partner or they hire someone. And the first one is that they would do um, field uh, field work. So they would be a client care manager um, they would go out there uh, getting referrals, uh, talking to family members, getting them to sign contracts, and uh, doing case management, essentially making sure that the uh, service being provided by the caregiver is is um, up to par. And then the other side of that is that you'd have someone work at the office. So they would do, um, you know, bookkeeping, payroll, uh, billing, uh, they do administrative work, and they would also be focused on recruiting and staffing the caregivers. Um, And again, with the home care industry, uh, with the home care agency, basically what it is is we look for seniors who need home care, non-medical home care, and then we find the caregivers who can provide that care. So, you know, are they within proximity? Are they, the the client is comfortable with a female caregiver? Do we have a female caregiver? She has dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, Does this caregiver have Alzheimer's experience? Uh, We match them and then we charge the client, we pay the caregiver and the agency gets whatever's in the middle. So that's essentially uh, the core business it's very, very uh, flexible. It's very scalable as well. Um, you don't need to invest in a lot of brick and mortar. You don't need to invest in a lot of staff. Um, and you know, we look for franchise owners who can really fulfill those two uh, roles because uh, we look for operators who are uh, fully invested in their business and they're willing to put in the 40 hours, maybe even more when they're first starting out uh, in order to make their business successful. And,
0: you know, can you tell us a little bit about your most successful franchisees? So you mentioned, you know, 40 hours plus in the beginning. Mm -hmm. What's their background? You know, you said they don't need a medical background, but is it someone that's really good with client relationships, sales, or is it more of someone that comes from an operational background? Who's thriving in the One Heart system? Uh,
1: Our first franchisees has a very strong franchisee experience background meaning he believes in the franchise system. He used to be a franchise owner of a printing press it's based in Maryland. So when he moved into California, uh, he saw the, the strength of One Heart system and the group. Uh, so he, he followed the system that Kevin also mentioned, You know, the, the model that having an office manager and the sales and marketing and uh, has been a top performer for our group. And just last this year, we awarded and recognized three successful franchisees who got who followed the system pretty good, registered a real significant and exceptional growth. Because they, not only did they follow the system, they invested more time than than other uh, home care owners, so that that allows. You know, the size of your business will be determined by the amount of time you invest in your business and how you follow the system. So just do the one hard way and it allows you to have some predictable results.
2: Yeah, when we first started this business, there was a lot of um, stumbling and roadblocks. And the new franchisees that come on board, we will we'll teach them how to address that. So while the, the path in making your business and creating it and building it will be a lot easier than when we first did it, it's still something that you have to walk. It's still something that you have to put the work and effort. So um, we're looking for people who have that entrepreneurial mindset that I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this business successful, but also not so much that they want to start doing their things their own way. Right. You're, you're joining a franchise. So you also have to have enough of a follower mindset that you have faith in the one heart system. You know, I bought into this, it was successful. I'm going to, you know, implement it in my business Uh, religiously and find success with it so you know it's kind of a balance that we're looking for really
0: that's well said so i hear following the system but also you know rolling up your sleeves putting in the hard work and you know it's not necessarily a nine to five job but i'm sure with time and as you scale up you can have more flexibility right yeah i think that's
2: what we're all after as uh, business owners right so
0: what's the general range of investment if someone wants to open up a, a senior care business with one heart
1: the total franchise investment will range from 88000 to $127,000. That will include the franchise fee of 47500 with a franchise agreement of 10-year contract, renewable to another five years and thereafter another five years. So if you're going to take a look at the franchise fee for 10 years, it allows you, when you divide that into 10 years, that's like 4700 a year. And if you do your own home care business, you're gonna have costly uh, you know mistakes that will even be more than that amount. So it's it's good to have a system, it's good to have a constant coach because we've done it. We've we've our we've operated our own locations for more than 14 years and also until today. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel because many of the situations and the uh, experiences or difficulty you're going to encounter out there were already encountered by by us for many years.
0: I'm sure, yeah, they can leverage all your experience. Randy, your experience, 30-plus years, 18 years of experience with One Heart, and then franchise in another six years. So it's really a lot of ways that you can save time and money from from making mistakes so they don't have to make the same mistakes that you guys have made in the past and have learned from.
1: And there's, notice- a roadmap. there's a roadmap that Kevin is always strict on. Here's the roadmap. And all you need is to drive at the speed that you wanted, but it all depends on how, how much gasoline and speed you want. So that's that's the yeah. determination of your destination point.
2: You'll, you'll also notice that when I was um, describing the business, I didn't mention a marketing department. And that's because here at the corporate office, the franchisor has that marketing department. So all your marketing materials, um, all your marketing campaigns, it's devised here. Um, We roll it out to our corporate-owned agency here to make sure it's successful. You know, I, I make sure I ask our head of sales, like, is this marketing campaign working? And he'll say, no, it's terrible. Or he'll say, yes, it's fantastic. And then we give the green light and roll it to our franchisees, and they find the same success that we do too. So everything here is tried and tested, and you don't have to go out and hire a marketer. You don't have to go with a marketing agency. We all have, we have that. And that's a benefit franchisees get right off the bat.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the economics? Like how does a one heart franchisee make money essentially?
2: Kevin? Yeah. Uh, so essentially, as, as I mentioned before, um, they have, they provide non-medical home care services uh, to seniors who need uh, home care services. Uh, it's usually a uh, private pay uh, because it, you don't usually use Medicaid or Medicare Uh, Unless you're in uh, other states here in California, you don't. Um, Other than that, we also do offer staffing services to facilities. So we do partner with skilled nursing facilities, um, hospitals, uh, RCFE, residential care facilities. um, And sometimes they need caregivers. And that's a service that a lot of our franchisees also provide as well.
1: Yeah. That's the supplemental staffing side Kevin mentioned. And it's huge business for the franchisees because we've done it for more than 10 years of supplemental staffing. So we have ready contracts with Kevin uh, and some references of the facilities. They just have to make reference of that. Then they can build their own uh, staffing. Uh,
0: That's a volume business that they can get from assisted living facilities. So talking about, you know, volume from assisted living facilities and then just the individual um, senior patients, like, how much are they paying per month? How many patients do you really need? How many clients do you need to, to really break even and then be making good money?
2: Uh, I would say it's gonna be dependent on uh, your market. Uh, as Randy would mention, it is market driven. Um, so that that is something that we'll go over with you when we find a location, carve it out for you. Um, we'll do market analysis and see, you know, how much do you need to pay your caregivers in order to be compliant with minimum wage loss? How much should you price it so that you have a decent gross profit margin? Um, I would say after, uh, it, it, as Randy would mention, it, it's it depends on how serious and how fast and how much effort you put into your business because you can start getting revenue um, after you get your license, of course, uh, from whichever state you're, you're starting out on. Um, after your first month, or second month, third month, uh, you could already start getting revenue. But that, that's all really dependent and contingent on your efforts.
1: What is good with the
2: business, Patrick, also, as Kevin mentioned, is
1: uh, you you have uh, clients that could stay with you for years, meaning it doesn't take, like, 50 clients or 100 clients per location for you to be able to do it well. There are top performers who, who just have a range of 13 to 16 clients. And because we do a lot of wellness activities, helping in longevity, improve lifestyle so they stay with you for two years to six years our first franchisee would have clients who stayed with them for
0: six years and we're wow. talking
1: about 12 hours to 24 hours okay so you're making money while you're sleeping so this is
0: thousands of dollars every month
1: oh it, it's it's an enormous uh, chunk of revenue that you're sleeping and you've got some people working 24 7 and that's something that like how many
0: not- caregivers, like what's a range? Imagine some franchisees just have like one or two caregivers. Do you like, what's the map Like, what's the biggest uh, franchisee? Like how many caregivers do they have?
2: It's hard to put like a number on it. Like, oh, yeah. you need five caregivers or one caregiver or five clients or one uh, client. Because, you know, there's some clients that only need home care four hours a day. Okay. One- and then there's some who need 24 hours a day 7 days a week so the the range of revenue it's it's just crazy how much it can range um, but what we do suggest and if you are interested in this opportunity um, as you go through the process we do encourage you to call our franchisees and ask Exactly. Them, you yeah. know where, where did you, when did you break even well, how long did it take you to make a, to make income and get a return on your investment exactly. so that's something that we encourage our, our prospective franchisees to really uh, delve into
1: and and a better way of taking a look at how home care agency pay off SBA loan. SBA loans uh, are extended to home care franchise, so they they know that look at the business. But the default among the home care business owners is very small. They can check it with SBA loans. Very small percentage, like seven, eight percent, while others could be as high as fifty percent. To 80% unable to pay off the loan. So if you take a look at the home care, so that's a very good barometer to be able to see that home care owners are able to pay their, their SBA loans easily.
0: Yeah, that's an important step. At Vetted Biz, we've gone through all that data. And like for food and beverage, it's like for every five or so that pay in full, there's one that defaults. So not so, so good when you're looking at stats for opening up a business. Right. Uh, but very good point to bring up. And then on that for financing, like besides SBA loans, what are some other ways that people are financing this investment?
1: We have a third party that, that we uh, – uh, we it's not us. It's a third party. They need to qualify. But from our experience, there are funding groups that wants to – finance our franchise applicants there are about a couple of them were able to you know they'll take a look your liquidity your credit score your 401k IRA rollover so there's they, there's a lot of options that our franchise applicants can go to but they're able to you know to fund thirty percent sixty percent of the total amount it's it depends on
0: your uh, qualification and credit standing and Um, In terms of foreign nationals, like you've had a few people that were able to invest in a one heart and then actually get a visa to live in the States. Yes, we have two existing E2 visa when Kevin and myself is
1: doing the webinar. Many of our our attendees are, are from other countries. So surprisingly uh, we have, I don't know how many applicants Kevin, probably three right now, franchise applicants. The only thing is in some countries, the E two visa processing has been on
0: exactly hold. With COVID. I mean, some some uh, consulate embassies haven't even opened back up for E two processing. Where places like Chile, Hong Kong have been processing fine. Canada is back to processing these applications. So, so they're waiting. Hopefully, it won't be too long till everything is back
1: to normal. We, we like those candidates, Patrick, because for the most part, they have skin on the
0: game. Exactly. Yeah, so the business fails, they move back home. So
1: correct, correct.
0: In so terms like of it. just alignment and, and longevity of the business, you want this business around a while too. You, you, know, you don't want to be dealing with someone that's trying to get out and then they got a job and they don't want to be running the franchise anymore. So Correct. We, um, we see that interests are definitely aligned with these E2 visa uh, investors and many of them are looking to scale up and grow. And one thing that constantly comes up because it's you know different culture, new people, they're often afraid of like the legal aspect and then hiring, firing. Do you guys help with hiring? Because that's something that c- constantly comes up with our, our clients that are investing in the US for the E2 investor visa.
2: Yeah, you don't You don't need to be an expert in uh, home care law. It's all very uh, manageable. Again, it's non-medical. So you, you don't have to be intimidated with um, overwhelming knowledge. Um, we'll teach you. We'll hold your hand and show you what you need to do in order to recruit caregivers, be compliant with the law, and service clients, uh, minimizing the amount of liability and risk. Because I know you're you're taking care of human lives. This isn't yeah. uh, this isn't a, this is a big deal. Um, so we we do make sure that we teach you how to protect yourselves and your business, uh, and make sure that you're you know successfully providing care to these uh, these vulnerable seniors.
1: If, if on the side of the sales and marketing, Patrick, is we have an area marketing program, a solid program that allows you to really speed up, ramp up time, at the same time, penetrate your own market. On the recruitment side, as uh, in addition to Kevin's uh, real strong point, is that we have an area recruitment program. So we walk them through step by step how to do it. There's a goal setting on X number of caregivers that needs to be in your system by this period. So there's, it's more like there's targeting also in terms of the supply side. So not only on the new client side, but also on the supply side that you are going to be assisted and supported by corporate office.
2: Yeah, I, I want to expound a bit on that. Um, we, w- When we have exclusive territories, we're not like other franchises where um, here's one territory and you're probably going to have competitors in your territory. It's not exclusive to you. Um, we make sure that we carve out a uh, generous territory for our franchisees. And we do an analysis. We make sure that there's enough of a population, that there's enough ways for you to get business in that area because we want you to be successful. So, you know, on the marketing aspect and the sales aspect, you don't have to worry about that as well.
1: Oh, I'd like to add with Kevin. He said that we we don't need so much number of franchisees. So what we did, we intentionally decided that we offer the largest franchise territory meaning it's almost double than the other existing senior care franchise. So it's a 450,000 total population, huge enough that you'll be able to make sure that you have
0: really- I've seen a- for some, it's like for every 100,000 people and in South Florida where the same franchise will have like 10 plus locations. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: We, we have 450,000. We, we want to make sure that you're happy and exclusive protected territory.
0: Yeah, so it's plenty of, of market to go after. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's been a very strange, like, last 15 months with COVID. How have you guys fared? How have your franchisee done, franchisees done during this pandemic? And what are the expectations looking like for the rest of, of 2021 and beyond?
2: Um, I would say it was very scary. You know, this is a, a disease that was very deadly to the... Um, the demographic that we service it was very dangerous to seniors um but surprisingly home care is not something that is it's not a luxury it's something that's desperately needed um we did see some you know apprehension from some of our clients concerned about caregivers coming in um you know because having uh strangers come in through their door to take care of their loved ones and they didn't know if they were um COVID positive or not so Uh, During that time, uh, we collaborated with our franchise owners and we roll out a unified campaign and making sure, getting the message out there that we're doing our due diligence, that our caregivers are going through uh, consistent and constant uh, COVID testing, that they're properly equipped with uh, PPEs to make sure that they're protecting not only themselves, uh, but the senior clients as well. Um, And surprisingly, what I can say for our corporate agencies, um, the amount of clients that we got actually went up significantly. Um, also with our franchisees because as I mentioned people still need home care and if a mm-hmm. caregiver uh, got sick uh, they needed a reliever and we, we found business through that um, so while other you know businesses unfortunately suffered you know like sometimes the food industry <laughs> I've seen a lot of um, food businesses closed down as, as I'm driving to through, uh, through work now yeah I
0: can't imagine especially in LA county like Miami since September, 2020, things have been largely back to open full capacity, but yeah, I can't imagine some of these restaurants, especially in Southern California, where they've had re- pretty severe restrictions um, right. throughout this last you know 12 months plus.
2: Yeah, luckily we're, it looks like we're turning the cover uh, the the corner with all the vaccinations, um, so you know it's good news all around for the caregivers and our senior clients.
0: And
1: and and what's happened
2: last year, uh, Patrick is the
1: executive committee with our CEO, we even attended February International Franchise Association annual convention, and we didn't know that it was the COVID time already. Then when we came back, uh, the first thing that our CEO leadership did, Belina Nurnberg, is to gather everybody to get together. Uh, Kevin mentioned the unified uh, action where we, we kind of reduce it kind of reduced the fear. So that's the most important thing I think One Heart has done. So when, when we gathered through our CEO, Belina together, that particular meeting, March, reduced the fear and everybody was so calculated in our moving direction that, hey, this is only what we're going to do. Let's keep safe, but this is what we're going to do from here on. And that's con- constant webinar and also meetings uh, virtual that, you know, somehow – Uh, I think uh,
0: made a big difference compared to other companies. And, you know, how do you guys see, we talked in the beginning about the demographic shifts. Like how do you see the caregiving space change in the next five, 10, 15 years? And how are you guys well adapted to take advantage of that?
2: Well, we, we expect there to for the regulations to just continually refine itself uh, you know more inspections on home care businesses Uh, because unfortunately you can sometimes see that there are home care agencies out there that are not compliant they are uh, using independent contractors instead of employees they're not making sure that uh, they're doing criminal background checks or that they are doing uh, training on their caregivers so you know as as time goes by as the the uh, baby boomers begin to get older and older and that population just continues to grow um, that, that that demographic begin, uh, continues to grow, I feel like we're going to start seeing more home care laws uh, regulating the home care industry, just constantly raising that standard and making sure that um, the the senior consumer is properly protected. You know, are does your home care agency have dishonesty bonds? Do you have workers' comp? Do you have liability insurance? Are you training your caregivers? Uh, are you doing background checks? So uh, I feel like that's a trend that we'll continue to see, not just for California, but really all throughout the U.S. and um, I would say that OneHeart really prides itself in already uh, looking forward and doing whatever is necessary to meet that high expectation.
1: One one of the things that we proudly do, Patrick, also here is, you know, we do, you know, companies do the SWOT analysis. Our team, Kevin, Belin, and myself, and all the managers and senior managers, do our own pestle analysis also. So that helps us to get prepared to the future, you know, understanding the political, economic, social, technological, environmental, and legal. So we are prepared for any changes that that is going to happen in the next couple of years, and this has to be a constant evaluation and review. So this allows us to be able to adapt to the changing market. It's not like we're going to be surprised that these things happen, but We've already made an analysis of it that these are going to change the market. So we get prepared for that and we share that to the franchisees. And I don't uh, think other business owners would have that capability to be doing their own pestle analysis. They're going to have a real headache understanding all the changes in the future. And, and we have that. We have that and we because we run our own corporate locations. We, we know what's happening in the market. We know the changes, recent changes. And how to adapt to it is something that we probably are always t- attuned in to the market.
0: Perfect. And just wanted to wrap it up and Randolph and Kevin, thanks so much for those that are in- interested in One Heart. Um, I shared the link OneHeartFranchise.com you. you can visit um, and to schedule a call directly with Randolph and his team. And, See if it's a fit because at the end of the day, it's a it's an interview and you have to determine if one heart's right for you and they're going to do the same thing from there. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed this uh, video, podcast, whatever medium you're listening to or watching from. Uh, and again, Randolph and Kevin, th- thanks so much for having you two on. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick.
1: Thank thanks you. for having us.